Hello there, crusty crew. <laughs> it's Marshall. I just wanted to quickly butt in real quick. You're listening to Kingdom Hearts by Heart episode 4, where we're talking about Wonderland. And episode 5 is next week, we're going to slide into Deep Jungle. We recorded these episodes literally a day apart. And one thing we forgot to t- talk about, that I'll mention really quickly now, is that Kingdom Hearts is coming to PC. It's jumping off consoles. So starting on March 30th of 2021, you'll be able to buy the KH franchise on the Epic Game Store. So you'll be able to get HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix. You'll also get 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. You're able to buy KH3 plus its Remind DLC episode, as well as the rhythm game Melody of Memory, all on your computer. So that's really cool, and we didn't mention it, and it's hot, hot tamale news right now. So we'll probably talk about it, I hope. We'll talk about it on episode 6, the Olympus Coliseum episode. But if not, we'll we'll talk about it at some point in the future. I'm sure Kevin has... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Kevin has some thoughts and feelings that we have kind of talked about in private, but we'll kind of have a conversation about it together with uh, recording equipment in front of us at a later date. So hopefully we'll talk about it in the future. I want to mention it before people come at us like, hey, you, know, you didn't talk about Cage comment to pc what why not so <laughs> i just want to quickly mention that thank you so much for listening to the podcast it's been an absolute pleasure recording this and i'm gonna be quiet so that kevin and other me can can talk all right that sounds that sounds cool sounds cool to me all right thanks for listening Bye bye anyway she's not the one you're looking for that's nonsense have you any proof uh scene in Bugs Life, or Egg Bugs Life, when the mosquitoes are tantalized by the light of the bug zapper, and the one slowly starts to fly into it, and the friend's like, no, don't! (laughs) So I experience that on an almost daily basis whenever I use the elevator in my building, (laughs) because there's four tiny little light bulbs on the roof of the the elevator compartment uh, but they're exposed but they're so shiny and <laughs> i mean you're in an elevator so there's not much to do but look up uh-huh. and every time i see them i i have to wonder what what would it feel like if i touched it <laughs> but my brain says no because as far as i'm aware those light bulbs are on Constantly. They never go off. So exactly. I'm sure yeah. they're very, very hot. Like, my they would probably melt my skin no, to the bone. But my body! My body's telling me yes. uh, don't, yeah. t- don't touch hot exposed light bulbs. So far, so good. But you know what? I get it. I get why the bugs would want to fly to their... To their... To demise. demise. I'll be in Valhalla. <laughs> Uh, Val, Valhalla, Val, Valhornet, 
Valhalarva? Valhalarva? <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's the closest we're gonna get. So I would say Valhalarva. Because <laughs> when you go to Valhalarva, it's like you're reborn exactly. again. Just saying. All right, let me let me jot this down. I think there might be something to this. <laughs> okay, okay, guys, guys. There's a bug. He's got a life. Eh? Eh? <laughs> All right. Well, here we are on episode four of Kingdom Hearts by Heart. Today we will be discussing the first world, or first Disney World of Wonderland, which is very fitting because today, at least while we're recording, also happens to be Valentine's Day. Yeah, it was Valentine's Day for us, but not for you, haha, <laughs> nerd. Yeah, suckers. I guess. I guess any any Kingdom Hearts episodes fitting for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Just, just with the entire concept, I was thinking about that when I was making breakfast. I was like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. Hey, I could think we're doing Wonderland. Oh, wait a minute. The series is called yeah. Kingdom Hearts. Just, it, it, it don't really matter. Before we get into the episode proper, I figured we could take our weekly peek into Kevin and Marshall's Game Corner. Game Corner! So... Yeah, we should come up with an official jingle for that. Game corner, there's no asbestos here. <laughs> to the tune of uh, the Transformers theme song is how I'm hearing that. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, it completely accidentally, but totally on purpose at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> so last time we spoke, I was making my way through the the northern Crimisphere as seen in Donkey Kong Country 3. And I can report that I have 100% or wait, what is that? It's 103%. I was about to say, I know. (laughs) I know. Is is it DKC3 or some of the other Donkey Kongs as countries as well where you can get over 100% completion? Yeah, for the first, for the Super Nintendo trilogy, it goes in sequential order. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure. It's Donkey Kong Country is 101, 2 is 102. Three, it's one hundred three, and then cause speedrunners be crazy. There's a um, a three hundred and six percent category. Oh my god! <laughs> or you just marathon all three games. Yeah, yeah, you have to go a hundred. I must say a hundred percent. That doesn't even that that doesn't really actually fit here. You need to full oh, completion. Yeah, fully complete all three games. Jeez. Yep. So yeah, I did that. Yep, still a weird game, but it's <laughs> it's still fun. I found myself, you know, wanting to go back and play it. It was kind of like my morning routine. Yeah. So recently, I think it's been a Twitter thing, but there have been a lot of people posting, like, three or four images. They tend to be video games or movies and say, like, pick one, it has to go. And I saw someone posted, I think, Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, 3, and Returns. Or maybe 1, 2, 3, Tropical Freeze. Any- anyway, it was a combination of... DKC games, there's really only five of. And then, yeah. I think all the comments, I was like, let me see these comments! Because I don't usually go to Twitter comments, because they're usually horrible. Uh, and all, the, all, the entire thing was like, DKC3, easy pick. Yeah, I... I would actually go for Donkey Kong Country 1. I kind of mentioned last episode, it's not my favorite game. Yeah. I at least respect uh, Dixie's Double Trouble for being different. For being weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do think the first is the worst, unfortunately. But 
that's just me. Is it? You, I, mean, I think last week you mentioned it was on Switch Online for the SNES, right? Yep. Yep, all three of them are. We might have to see. Yeah, I know. I think I just saw an update. There were, like, this month's batch, but it was just a bunch of no-name games no one's I ever was, heard of. I was about to say the same thing. I saw the same thing, and I think they were all games that do not... I think there might be one Breath of Fire game, which is like an old JRPG that I have seen people play, and it looks enjoyable, but I haven't actually played myself. But besides that, it was a bunch of, like, it was a random a random bag. They, uh, they phoned it in this month. Yeah. I mean, that is the rule, not the exception, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think it's it's all just a ploy to get us to actually pay for the remakes. You know, there was the Mario collection, so obviously it's not going to be Mario 64 on the <gasps> Switch Online, because now you have to buy it. And I'm... I'm 80% sure they're going to do the same for Zelda. I'm actually very much looking forward to that announcement because I've been kind of hankering to replay all the 3D Zeldas. Yes. And actually, the I just looked it up earlier today. The um, the 35th anniversary is next Sunday. So oh. theoretically, we should hear something about that very soon. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Miyamoto, you want to make your boy happy? Do you love me? Shigeru? I would actually, I would actually pay for that one, mm-hmm. depending on which games they choose. I think, I think, yeah. If we if we think of a Zelda 35th anniversary bundle, there's a lot of debate about what goes into that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just give me Wind Waker, and I'll be happy. Because <laughs> again, I don't want to dust off my old Wii U. To replay it. Mm-hmm. What was... Uh, I saw something towards the beginning of the year. So we've got, in terms of the 3D Zeldas, I guess and those are the really only ones that have gotten their uh, HD ports. So... Yep. Uh, Wind Waker got a port around its 10-year slash 11 years uh, yeah. after release. Same thing happened with Twilight Princess, and then someone noted at the beginning of this year that it, it we just passed mm. or were approaching Skyward Sword's 11th birthday. So potentially... Yes it would be nice to get something Skyward Sword related. Well, yeah, I mean, Skyward Sword was released as the 25th anniversary sort of celebration. So. Yeah, so it's, what, it's 35 years. <laughs> Not yep. 35 years, 10 years after the 25th anniversary. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind giving Skyward Sword a replay. Mm-hmm. I replayed it um, a bit on stream, like after college. Must have been around 2017, 2018. Last time I played it, it uh, the motion controls I don't remember being hor- as horrible, but that might have been the controller I was using. But mm-hmm. I yeah, s- I didn't either. Honestly, I think that whole controversy is overblown. I was trying to think like, would it be possible on Switch? Like, do the Joy Cons have the same capabilities of the Wii Motion Plus? True. I want to say based based on what we here's the thing, we haven't really seen. I think really what the Joy-Cons can do. I think based off and my examples, or the games I should say I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Wii Fit, thinking of, is it 1-2, what was the launch title? Yeah, 1-2 Switch. 1-2 one, two, one, two Switch, okay. I was going to say 1-2 Play for some reason. I think the technology is there. I just, it's not utilized at all. The best thing I can think of in terms of games we usually play are, is the gyroscope feature, really. Yeah, which is always kind of like... The bare minimum at this yeah. point. Yeah. 
I'm thinking specifically of one of the mini games or several mini games in Super Mario Party where it's pretty much one to one movement. Like okay, there's the yeah. one with the candy jar and you have to move it around to shake all the candy out, which uh-huh. is like imagine diffusing a bomb. Yep. <laughs> That's what that mini game is. I and would then... I imagine playing that with your coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's what we did in the one of the places I used to work. <laughs> and then there's the one where you have to like saute the the meat. We'll stake you. Yep. Ugh. Yeah. I'll so that too. yeah, it's definitely got that finer articulation. So if if they could, you know, pull it off and like, hey, you can, because I know that was a main sticking point for getting it on Wii U, where it's like, well, you gotta use the Motion Plus. But if they can port it to just use the Joy-Con, then that would be a pretty big get. So yeah, maybe maybe next week we'll we'll have some some news on some Zelda things. Did you hear about that um the the Netflix show, the Netflix yes. Zelda and Star Fox that was one hundred percent going to be a thing, mm. but then it got leaked, and then Nintendo said mm, we don't want to do it anymore. You can't know our secrets. Yeah, basically. And I'm really mad because the Star Fox show would have been done with like live action puppets, reportedly, which is yes, I, I've I had this pipe that. dream in my head for years. It's like the only thing I care about regarding Star Fox, and they were going to do it, and then they said no. I said, "Well, great, way to just throw away your money." Like always. Was it the last year at E3 when Awada was alive? They did, I think. I think it was Awada's last E3. Their intro. Yep. I don't, I'm not sure if it, I think it was the Star Fox Zero reveal. Yep. But their intro was, yeah, yeah, their intro was, uh, um, Awada, my dad, Reggie Fisume, and Miyamoto <laughs> coming in as puppets. And they yeah, take, like, their that was great. puppet stage, and then they all start taking on characteristics of, like, Falco and Fox and Slippy. Yep. I think that was 2015, which was one of the worst E3s. For Nintendo in recent years. I remember a lot of people were not happy because basically all they had to show was Star Fox Zero. Like, <laughs> that whole puppet show was the only highlight, really. <laughs> all the money went into the puppets. Yeah, because it was like that weird phase where the Wii U was kind of, you know, on hospice, but the Switch hadn't been announced yet, so. Correct, yeah. Those were the dark times. Mm. <laughs> Alright, well. That was Governor Marshall's Gaming Corner. With that out of the way, let's jump into Wonderland. Except, haha, we're not jumping to Wonderland. Instead, <laughs> we're jumping to the Ganeshit. Um, Alright. So yeah, you get booted out of Traverse Town. You get to see the world map. You get two choices. You're gonna go to the... T- you want to take the top route. If you take the bottom, you're gonna have a bad time. But then when you do, you enter everyone's favorite part of Kingdom Hearts, the gummy ship. Woo! So, yeah, let's let's talk about it. I guess we should, right? <laughs> yeah. Here's my here's my I was, this is I was going to say hot take. I never really have a hot take. This is just my take. The gummy ship travel in one is not bad. It <laughs> is just definitely my least favorite. Um, well, what's our definition of bad? (laughs) (laughs) I think it depends on the person. I will say, I tolerate it. (laughs) 
I was really trying to observe and really like trying to take in the the positives and the negatives of KH1 Gummy Ship. I think it does really recap the wonder of it was when we played it when we were much younger. But <laughs> it definitely, especially playing two, I think two had such a great gummy ship system. Yes, really, two is much really, better. Really, really enjoyed it. So it does suck, kind of. You know, we've 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 uh, we've drunken from the <laughs> the fountains of Larva, Hall Larva, Valhar Larva. So why are we going to go back to living amongst the schmucks? Yeah, I think uh, we've just played better gummy systems. So I definitely going back to one feels like a drag. For sure. My main problem with the gummy ship is it feels completely separate from the rest of the game in more ways than one. Because mm-hmm. obviously the gameplay is completely different. But then just the lore implications. Like, it's always felt like this weird kind of tacked on thing, this whole idea of the gummy ship. and I can see that, yeah. The, so basically, we'll come to find out that gummy blocks are basically pieces of the world borders, which is how they can travel through them. Which, that that's kind of a cool <laughs> idea, but in execution... Okay, so it's like these like weird Hot Wheels toy sets in space where you're like flying through <laughs> rings and stuff and like I was, yeah, I comets. Was that's uh, that's something I noticed playing through this time. I think in two and three we get much more cool, like yeah, they, they, like we get better designs. I think they're just more heartless designs that are just they they feel almost alien. Whereas this, it feels like I always thought about this as a kid. Are they ships that are heartless? Yep. Are there Heart, heartless piloting the ships because they all yep. have because especially in one you can uh, the enemy ships will drop blueprints so you can make the enemy ships if you so desire mm-hmm. um, I believe some of them have no guns by default so heads up if you choose a, a blueprint that has no guns but right. you can also you can also add stuff definitely um, actually I may try that when we go when I jump back in I may try making an enemy gun, gummy ship and see just how I how I feel piloting it mm-hmm. but it always felt kind of weird. It was this weird kind of... I mean, you kind of just explained it best, actually. It feels kind of tacked on, kind of like, oh, hey, guys, we gotta we got do the ship part two. How are we gonna do that? Yep. Yeah, the whole thing of, like, the Heartless, that, yeah, that's so weird. Because I, at least in Kingdom Hearts 1, it definitely paints it as, yeah, little Heartless piloting the ships, which is really dumb to me. <laughs> I just, now, now I, <laughs> as you say that, I just now have an image of, like, I imagine more of like a pirate ship with, with those little shadows and they're just speaking gobbledygook at each other. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you just come in and you're like... <laughs> yeah, and then toward the very end of the game, there's a suggestion that the Heartless travel to worlds via a different method. So why they would need ships is beyond me. It's... Yeah. They have darkness. <laughs> Why, why, why would you drive the car if you could teleport there, Dad? Come on. Exactly. It uh, yeah, it, it does bring up some very weird implications. So, you'll 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 grit your teeth and make it through this gummy portion. Luckily, the first few aren't too long. So yeah, eventually you'll make it to the end. And one detail I really like which no other Kingdom Hearts game has done, is they wait to show you the world until you actually arrive. Because 
and the world map, they're just like little blips, and you don't know. You just have the battle level to go off of. But then, in every game past this, it'll just it'll just show you straight up before you even go to the coming part. Like this is you know this is Olympus Coliseum. This is the Snow does White it, World. Does it show us what they are? They're just like you. I just remember as a kid, uh, before you do the gummy routes to get to the world, if you just did, like hit into it, you, it like b- bounces you back. So I would just ram into the world constantly just to be like, ding, ding, yeah. ding, ding. Yeah, and Kingdom Hearts 2, it definitely shows them. And then... Hey, okay. I remember the silhouettes at least. I don't remember if it shows you names, but I, I am now recalling I think it does show you actually. Yeah, it's just fun to have that little surprise because I I remember the first time I played like you know it was a genuine surprise of like what's next um, mm-hmm. so it's just, just a little fun part of the journey yeah oh I should also mention <laughs> when you first start the gummy ship there's this really weird tutorial from Donald and Goofy where I guess they couldn't figure out any other way to explain this. I don't know why they didn't just do a text box, but they do that thing where they have the gummy ship conversations, but the the dialogue is just awful because it's just tutorial speak. So Donald yep. and Goofy are just talking like robots. <laughs> One of them I wrote down, I think it was Donald was saying it, but he, he says, firing lasers, among other things, consumes power. <laughs> <laughs> I remember... Uh... There are not too many gummy conversations besides this one, but I do remember they definitely changed it in the remix ports or final mix ports. Remix, the same thing actually, because this is 1.5 and 2.5 HD remix, but I do remember uh, specific conversations like this tutorial tomorrow or the next time we talk, we're going to talk about a different thing where a gummy ship conversation happens. I remember... Yes, it would. It was. It was all on auto. It was all on autoplay. Like you had to wait until theoretically oh, yeah. you read the entire thing, and then you'd have to press or you know there was like an invisible timer. It's like okay, now you can press X, but not before. Not yes, before. that actually drives me crazy because they take yes. forever and the pacing's so weird because it's kind yes. of like a bad dub where <laughs> their mouth flaps, but yeah, then yeah, 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 yeah. the actual voiceover is still going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like Goofy will have th- like f- maybe like five words to say, but you just like not. Like, I mean, yeah. I can't see you can't see my face, but yeah. you can imagine me just na 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 Exactly. So we arrive at Wonderland, and then Lily fall down the rabbit hole. And I appreciate yep. that. Yeah, that's a cute touch for sure. And then uh, there's the the white rabbit, and Sora decides. Ooh, shiny and he wants to chase after him and it's kind of funny to me how Sora like they don't Donald and Goofy like they don't even talk about it Sora just decides we need to chase that rabbit like that's our mission right now for some reason I'm hungry guys <laughs> like I get that you know they're mirroring you know going through the rabbit hole and chasing the rabbit because that's what Alice did but it's just yep. kind of a weird motivation how Sora becomes so fixated on it because like you get in the next room with the doorknob and they're big. And when Sora talks to the doorknob, he's like, he sounds very like urgent. He's like, tell us how to get small for the love of God, man. We've got to get to that rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> and Don Goofy are just like, okay, this, this kid's kind of weirding us out. You know, we're, we're, we're still trying to feel each other out, but I guess this is his vibe. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I guess in general, 
you know, world design, cutscene, story, everything aside, how do we feel about Wonderland as a choice for the first Disney World? The first Disney World. Um, like, just as, you know, a property, yeah, like as the movie. As, as, oh, as a property, not as, like, a level, I would say. I think... Hmm, I feel like Wonderland, it's not the most iconic, but at the time this game right. came out, so 2001, was still memorable. Bull. I think that ha- I think that lasts because of the existing works of C.S. Lewis, like just the story of Wonderland in general, but also, you know, like Disney does, take another story, rehash it, and say, yo, 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 guys, check out this movie. Yep. And then we, and then we love it. So I feel like there is a lasting legacy of the C.S. Lewis novels, but also the di- this Disney movie, obviously. So as a first choice, I think it's... I think it's all right. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's a... It's not a great first choice. It's not a bad first choice. But I think there is... It's not like no one's like, Duh, what the Wonderland? What are we doing here? Right. Is this Disney? Yeah, I just... I was just thinking about it because, I mean, really, this sets the tone for what a Disney World is for mm-hmm. the whole game. So, like, they kind of had to... It was a very deliberate choice of which Disney World would make yes. set that first impression. Yeah, I think think it's definitely the weirdest of one of the oddest ones in terms of not the property but the the design obviously but that yes it it is very much a wonderland thing but it is very much like hey guys you finished the three tutorial levels let's push you out into the real world but your first taste of the real world is pretty wacky so yeah and i uh... i think that's what they were going for right so Obviously, Wonderland's a very wacky, fantastical world, so it kind of, like, you know, it kind of, like, shows, like, here's what other worlds are capable of. Like, it's mm-hmm. not just, you know, a town or a beach. Like, it's this weird, yeah, nonsensical that's, world. That's true. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, I guess maybe they were going for, like, literally, like, you're falling down the rabbit hole. Like, this is this is your introduction to, like, the adventures to come, basically. So I think that's what they're going for because they could have, you know, they could have done something like, like Agrabah, which is arguably the most popular movie at that time. Definitely, yeah. And then that would have been like, oh my gosh, like, this is awesome. But like, in terms of story, like, I think Wonderland's kind of that nice middle ground of there's enough going on, but it's not too high stakes to where it kind of eases you into the Disney plots. True, yeah. It is a decent thing of, like, how it pertains to the story, how it pertains to just kind of the legacy. And I, 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 I think I agree on that front, yeah. So, hmm. yeah, let's let's talk about the story for a little bit. So, okay. there's there's really not a lot in this world. Like, if you look up Wonderland cutscenes on YouTube, it's only, like, eight minutes. And <laughs> That's, yeah, I, I feel that. I feel like Wonderland is much less of, here's story. And more of uh, let the kid off his leash and let him have fun. Yep. Totally. Especially in this w- dumb, wacky, upside-down world that is Wonderland in general. Mm-hmm. So, really, the story is just about this trial with the Queen of Hearts, who blames Alice for trying to steal her heart, but then we have to prove, no, it was actually the Heartless. So, Sora <laughs> decides to interject himself into the proceedings. And after he was told we shouldn't be, uh, I forget what Goofy says instead of I think he just says muddling. Yeah, I was going to say, what is it muddling? Okay, yeah, yeah. 
uh, we shouldn't be modeling in other worlds. Sora's like, yeah, but what if we did? Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't really care about that. <laughs> but uh, I like this cutscene because it kind of shows that Sora has a sense of, you know, justice and right and wrong. He wasn't interested until he realized that Alice was being wrongfully accused. And then he he threw caution to the wind and he threw his hat in the ring and yeah. stuck up for her, which is nice. We'll talk about it more throughout the other world stories, but in general, the way Sora kind of engages with the Disney characters in the first game is, it's a lot less, hey, random friend or uh-huh. random stranger, you're my friend now, and I will dedicate my life to you and help you with anything you want because I'm exactly. a friend. <laughs> and it's it's just, it's a little more nuanced where there's some sort of motivation behind his actions in the world. So, like I yeah. said, for this one, he wants to help Alice because he's seeing a wrongdoing. <laughs> mm. Sora's a good boy. Also, I, I'm thinking about just now, I definitely said C.S. Lewis earlier. I meant to say Lewis Carroll. I'm sorry. Oh, that totally <laughs> slipped by me, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was even saying, like, C.S. Lewis. I'm No, I'm, I'm right. I'm I mean, right. Nope. No, I'm not. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, the story is kind of awkward because... Again, maybe they were going for this, but all the Wonderland characters are just weirdly detached. Like, they don't really interact with Sora. They're just kind of doing their own thing. Very true. Yeah, like, throughout the cutscenes, Sora, Doll, and Gooby have very few lines. It's mostly the Wonderland characters talking to each other. And then even even talking to Alice, who's really the only character Sora talks to, um, it's all through the optional, like, gameplay conversations where you have to go up to her and talk to her. And it's just the text. Exactly. Yeah. And I was, I was thinking just now, too, when you say cutscenes, I'm like, alright, what's voiced and what's not voiced? I feel like most of the cutscenes in Wonderland are not voiced outside of... We show up, we talk to the doorknob, we go to the initial, you stole my heart! <laughs> Maybe? I think that's, I think that's really it. Yeah, like, I, I was skimming through it earlier, because, yeah. you know, we have the little cutscene quotes at the start of our episodes, and I was trying to think... What can we do for Wonderland? And I'm still coming up short. So <laughs> if you're listening to this, obviously we we found a solution. But yeah, there's there's not much to pull yeah, from. I think before, I mean, we'll get to it. But I think after the trial, once the once the trial ends and the trial by combat starts, <laughs> there is like a very short. Uh, I it may not even be voiced. I think there's, it may be just it may, there's it no just voice. may be animated. Yep. Okay, there is no voice. <laughs> it's just uh, it's just animated. Like it's not just like models standing around. Yeah. Because, yeah, the cage gets wound up and the car just kind of, wow! Yeah, it's just, like, all audio cues. It's kind of like an anime, sort of, where everything (laughs) has, like, a little sting to it. Yeah. But, uh, speaking of voices, so Alice's voice actor, oh, let me get the name right, is Catherine Beaumont? Yes, correct. Fun fact, it's also the original voice actor for Alice from the 1950s. 51 51 the 1951 animated movie so 50 years later she's still voicing a child which is kind of crazy yep she also voiced uh wendy from peter pan both in the movie like the original movie and then in the um in kingdom hearts yes she's also done the voices and like other reuses of those characters but it's it's mostly in uh kingdom hearts Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a fun fact. Yeah, it's very it's nice to that what after literally fifty 
50 years. If if if, if Alice in Wonderland is 51, this is 01. Yeah. 02. 02, sorry. But uh, probably recorded in 51. Yeah. Mm. Ish. But yeah, 50 years. She's a, a grown ass lady. <laughs> Once you. You get your marching orders to go find the evidence, and then you can start exploring. So we, well, actually earlier, even in the rabbit room, we got our new enemy types, the Red the, Nocturne. The Red Nocturne, yes. And it's kind of a kind of a rude move to uh, give you fire, and then immediately <laughs> the first enemy you face. It, yeah, it's very funny that they're like, hell, yo, 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 Donald's like, yo, yo, take this fire. And the first enemies you meet outside of the soldiers and the <laughs> shadows are, hey, 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 buddy, you sure you want to cast fire on me? I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying, you know, okay. Um, yep, it's I'm, like going against the rock gym with uh, anything sure. with the Charmander. Yeah, the Charmander, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to even think. So we we definitely we get we get blue rhapsodies later in the yes. in the level, definitely. I know that if you target a, a knock, I, I'm not sure this is true. I think it is true for all of the. I don't even know what archetype to call, like the red the, these guys. Mages. Yeah, I'll, I'll say mages. Mages is a, a good classification. But when you hit them with their element of choice, like the one they use, it will trigger whatever special move they usually do or a different one. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like they absorb it and then they redirect it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what do we? What do you think of these little guys' design? Design-wise, I think they're... At this point, what do we have? Shadows, we have soldiers, we have these dudes. Yep. And then we get multiple reskins of these dudes. Which yep. Is, which, is, which is also totally fine. Yeah. I'm just mentioning it rather than, like, degrading it. But uh, I would say I like them. They're... I'm, I'm, like, trying to compare them to what we currently have or what we have seen so far. And they meet... They do meet the criteria of... I don't feel like any of the... Besides maybe a handful very late in the game... Most of the KH1 heartless designs tend to be mild as compared to wild. Like they're not they're <laughs> yeah. not as busy, which I kind of do appreciate. So I would I do like the little mage dudes. Yeah, and they're a very direct nod to the mages and the retro Final Fantasies. Mm-hmm. The little hatsies. Sure, they do. They do look like black mages because yep. literally they have their big their. I mean, it's a big VV type of looking hat, but it, it is a, b- a big yellow hat and then a body and then just, I mean, most heartless are just a black face with yellow eyes, but mm-hmm. here it literally translates to their source material. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In terms of design, they're fine. <laughs> they're not too exciting. They're just yeah. color swaps of each other, but they're cute. They're, they're, they're so cute. They are, I do like fighting them. I wouldn't say, it's sometimes when you fight a lot of them, or especially in an area where you're trying not to fall off of a platform. Yep. They can be kind of annoying, and that's, that is kind of their draw. Exactly. But I, say, I would say altogether, fighting them, I mean, at this point, what, shadows? I, I'm going to, I keep saying that. We have shadows, we have soldiers, we don't know, we haven't had an airborne enemy yet, so you get yeah. all of the nuances of air combat, as well as the annoyances yep. of air combat. Yeah, these are the first floaties. There are the times that we're going to, swing at them and we're gonna miss or it'll you know you're gonna i think of when as soon as you shrink you're on the table wonderland and then oh something maybe something spawned next to me i swing at it and then i fall off but i catch the ledge i'm like ah yeah we get the the red oh god i already forgot the red nocturne and then we'll (laughs) get the blue rap city later which is just the blizzard one so not much different but exactly yeah it's kind of 
it's kind of disappointing that there aren't unique Wonderland Heartless, because they probably could have had a lot of fun with that, with, like, the card theme and, you know, Trickster Mm. and whatnot. But, I don't know, have they... I guess we can talk about this if we do decide to cover the side games, but, like, you know, in Coded, like, does Coded even have original Heartless designs? (laughs) I don't think it does. I don't think... I'm thinking of that. As soon as you mention that, I'm like, I'm, like, trying to think of... Because we... We only go to Wonderland in the original game, in Chain, and in Coded. Um, I have Isn't to it in the... Union Cross? Yes. Oh, you... oh, there is there. There has to be something in Union Cross. I was going to say because Union Cross kind of does new designs, so maybe there's something there. So. Yeah, I mean we got freaking Heartless Gaston. The one thing I will always point out and yeah. always think about when we talk about <laughs> Union Cross. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, so not in the original game, but in, I think, Chain of Memories Onward, the Creeper Plant, I believe, first shows up in... Yeah, I do remember that. But yeah, it, I, think, I that... think... I don't think it's really a Wonderland yeah, that's not list, really but, but they do show up in Wonderland. I think it's the, the Creeper Plant, the Crescendo, which is the little uh, 2D 2D boy, <laughs> and the Tornado Step. They, are, they were all first introduced in okay. Chain of Memories... They are definitely not Wonderland Heartless, but I will say you do go to Wonderland first, most likely, and yeah. they do show up in Wonderland. So yeah. the close I think that is the closest thing we get to a Wonderland Heartless, besides the the boss, I think. Yeah. So yeah, you start exploring, and I guess you could say like the gimmick of this world is growing big and small. So in both the Bizarre Room and the Lotus Forest, you'll consume something that turns you into a big boy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this to this day, this the whole order of operations, specifically in the forest, confuses me. Of like, okay, I grow big, and then I'm gonna hit the tree to like get the fruit, but then I want that entrance to like be facing where I can yep. access it. That always confuses me, and I ended up with wasting uh, a few potions trying to, you know do multiple attempts. <laughs> I tried to min-max the heck out of this. I was like, I do not want to spend any resources, unfortunately. I also say that mainly just because I had no ethers, and there were some plants like, yep. yo, yo, give me that magic. I'm like, I have no magic for you, sir. Sorry, yeah. keep walking. I, I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I will say, like, most of them are just prizes and things. Uh, prizes, I mean, like, other items and stuff. But there is, like, a desire to feed all the plants, I guess, what they want <laughs> Exactly. I mean, uh, at this point, it's like, if you're literally exploring, like, ooh, what's this? Ooh, what happens if I give this? Yep. And there's nothing more heartbreaking than... Because you have to select the flower from the menu as if you're giving it an item, like, yep. you're your party member. But sometimes, if you, like, just walk too far, the menu, like, their option will disappear, and then you'll or just give it... Or if you're a dumb, dumb kid and you mash X too many times. Yep, you'll give it to the wrong person, and you're like, oh my god! <laughs> I definitely, I definitely have past memories of. Okay, I have this one item I'm gonna use on, and I use it on myself. God damn it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's really cool because you just don't see this kind of, you know, puzzle solving in any of the other games really. True. Because again, it's kind of a smart way to use the space. Like really, there's two Wonderlands, both the big Wonderland, and small Wonderland. Although there's not much to do in the big version, but. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would say that's the big draw, as well as the multiple different bizarre room entries. Yes. Those which... are like the two Wonderland gimmicks, because there's so many times you, it's like, 
it's I would say it's pretty jarring, especially this time when I was I was kind of looking high and low just to make sure I kind of covered everything. I wasn't missing an entrance or an exit over here. And so many times it's like, hey kid, you want to go to the bizarre room? Uh, the bizarre room? Uh, the bizarre room? Or hey, hey, what about the bizarre room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not so much Wonderland as it is the bizarre room featuring the Queen's Court. <laughs> Very true. I feel like I did. I was not as vigilant as you because I didn't do much in the bizarre room because you know you can change things around to access more entrances and exits but I yeah I didn't really change the room much so I don't know if I just missed an entrance somewhere or if I just hit a brick wall in terms of how far you can get with you know the trinities that you have and whatnot but yeah there's not not a well there are a lot of trinities I will say um there are a lot of trinities. I think you can only do... I think there was only like one or two blue ones. There are... There's at least one greeny. There's a couple and, greens, yeah. And then one white, which we'll get into much, much later. But yeah. that's really... I'm trying to... I mean, I'm even then, even in my head now, I'm kind of picturing the bizarre room and how many different angles. I definitely feel like I've been into a room that... This playthrough, I've been into like an area of the bizarre room. There's definitely one or two that I was like, I don't remember going in here... The last time I played through KH1. So I definitely just kind of sniffed high and low. Or I think I might have found some entrances and exits that I didn't discover before. Most of its running time comes from the later revisits. Mm -hmm. um, there's really... I mean, if you speedrun this, quote-unquote, you could probably finish this world in five minutes. Because yes. the whole... The main goal is to get the evidence. Which you can do as few or as low as you want and the first one is literally just go into the bizarre room and it's right to your right in the little nook with the trees and then you can go back but um i mean obviously you're, you're gonna go for all four boxes right yes you <laughs> i will say uh yes one you should get i guess we should we should talk about the the trial as well because it's yeah. very interesting you can go you can go because the queen even mentions in her um post-cutscene dialogue and just like the text box dialogue of go find evidence you can or it might be her or maybe the cheshire cat who says you can find as much evidence or as little evidence as you want basically yeah i think it's the kitty cat but i think it is treasure cat yeah i was getting ahead of myself but i think that's a pretty cool mechanic of you can there is there are three pieces of evidence in the lotus forest and yep. there's one out of way in the bizarre room to be like, hmm, you know, you've played an RPG before. You know where to go. You, you know, you know where to poke all your, you know, you, it's very much like, a, oh, you found your way here. Good job, kid. Type of yep. deal. So, yeah, the trial is interesting because every world kind of deals or at least interprets the Heartless in a different way. So the Heartless have already, quote unquote, invaded Wonderland by the time we get there because they tried to steal the Queen's heart, which... I don't really know what that means, tried to steal it, like, how you can kind of sense that. <laughs> but we'll just, I, Yeah, I kind of we'll, think that they were just trying to get close to her, or, uh, I don't know, hurt her, or do something, and she, because the Queen of Hearts is full of herself, was thinking, oh, they're, they're here for my heart, obviously. <laughs> it feels much more like a self-implied thing. Like, she doesn't know why they're here, but she's like, mm, I know what they're here for. They want my heart. I know. <laughs> They know, I know that they know, yeah. but I know they know. We'll just write it off as a Wonderland thing. Very, uh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, they don't know what the Heartless are, so like, even if 
when you do get the evidence and the heartless shows up, they're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's interesting how, like, how each world responds to the heartless. Yeah, there's also, <laughs> um, during the cutscene, when Gooby's mentioning meddling, there's this really weird shot where the camera's, like, looking at him from the side. <laughs> and the way it's angled, like, you can't see his left pupil, so it's just... It's just the white part of his eye, and it's it's yeah. always weirded me out. <laughs> but yeah, you get your little mission, and then yep, you can talk to you can talk to all the NPCs. So they're not really hostile; they're not villains, so to speak, because you can talk True. to the cards, you can talk to the queen, you can talk to the, to the rabbit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can also talk to Alice, and she has this interesting line where she mentions something of, about how. She came to another world by falling down the rabbit hole. And mm. then I think Sora says, so you're from another world. Maybe you don't need a ship. And I don't know if that's oh. like supposed to be a cheeky thing. Like, ha ha ha. Like, oh, he thinks she's literally from another world. Or if they're saying, like, you can get to other worlds through different means. Oh, I feel like that, that, def- that, has to, that has to be a one-off line. That has to be more of like a Sora thinking out loud type of deal. Okay. Well, at least that's what I think of. I think I feel like if that was meant to be like f- further like analyzed, we'd be here three hours later <laughs> with like you yeah. know five o'clock shadow and <laughs> string on the wall. Yeah, I guess you could say like you can compare it to Neverland. Mm-hmm. It's very much the same. Where Neverland is not, it's the same world as you know jolly old England. But yeah, that's kind of the, one of the fun things about the first Kingdom Hearts game is it has lines like this where it's like, wait, it's are they pulling my leg right now, or is this a thing? So yeah, if you choose to get all the evidence, which you should, because that's what real heroes do. Yes. Uh, your reward is is pretty decent. You get Blizzard early. Yes. And is it me, or is Blizzard objectively more useful than Fire? I I think Blizzard is crowd control. Blizzard is crowd control to a T. Yep. So we'll early or while we're currently playing the game pretty early on when there's a lot of tiny mobs around us i feel like blizzard is a good uh aim here and fire even though it's blizzard um in this general direction you're bound to hit at least one thing Uh, i will also say it i mean yeah especially when like a bunch of red nocturne show up it's like i will blizzard in this direction yep and a good portion of them will just die yep it definitely feels more powerful because we have a lot of smaller mobs. But there are times when I'll target like a large body or something, and then I don't want to have to run around it, or I want to pick something off from afar. And that's when fire comes in handy. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Fire definitely has more range. Yeah. Actually actually I realized this time around because I missed I I don't know I don't know the evidence by name. I'm not a true gamer, guys, sorry. <laughs> but I did miss the one uh in the very back where you go to uh, you know, there's a rock in front of it, and that rock gets moved after the trial, and it leads you mm-hmm. to the uh, Mad Hatter's Tea Party Garden. Mm-hmm. There's there is a evidence in the tree above there, and I forgot I kind of forgot how easy it was to find the first three, so I skipped that one and went to the stench. The stench is the one that gets you is a tricky one to find, and I found it, and then Cheshire Cat appeared, and he was like, "Hey, kid, look at you find this thing. They get a spell." Uh, oh yeah, apparently... I forgot. You don't actually have to find all four. You just need yeah, to find you the just need to find one. stench. I I, th- I feel like I, it's something I knew, but also didn't know at the same time. So getting stench gets you Blizzard, 
I definitely, it was definitely assumed that you just get the four and Cheshire Cat's like, hey kid, you found all the evidence. Good for you. Take mm-hmm. it as magic. But, yeah. So it is the one that triggers the blizzard. Not the other three ones that are like right in front of you as soon as you walk in. But yeah, that was interesting and pretty weird to find out. Yeah. So once you collect your evidence, you go and present them, and then the queen just wipes away all your work and says, eh, we'll just pick one, and then she supplies her own fake sure. evidence. Which God. It's very stressful picking that box and then not knowing who you're going to see. Although, exactly. there is a trick to it. I think it's... You can see, like, one of the boxes will be slightly behind the others. Like, it'll fall. It'll hit the ground later, and that's the one that the harless is in. Mm. So there's a trick to it, but... Okay. So, so actually, now I'm thinking about it, I should have I jotted this down, and I pray to God you know what it is. What are the options we can pick during the trial? Uh, like the combinations, you mean? Yes. There's Heartless, I'm pretty sure there's Donald and Goofy, that's the evidence the Queen throws in there. And is Alice the... If you don't collect a lot of evidence, is Alice an option? I don't think so. So it's it's based on how much evidence you get. So if you get one, then she'll supply four boxes. And I, I misspoke earlier. It's whichever, um, or I don't even remember now. <laughs> but like, the box that you want, that you don't want, is the one that hits last. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So her fake evidence, I'm pretty sure it's just... Either Donald single, Goofy single, or Donald oh, okay. and Goofy. Okay, so those are options. Okay, but it's it, it's a combination of the boys. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I don't I don't think there's like a fourth one. Like I think it'll just okay. pull from that pool of three options. Okay, so even yeah, though there's so four I guess, boxes. What there's there's always going to be five boxes. I'm trying to think, I, I'm thinking I'm thinking about this one section way too much, but <laughs> it did cross my mind because I I, I know I haven't. Uh, haven't I have uh, I haven't lost this trial in a very in a very long amount of years. Uh, Medicine. I'm real Ace Attorney up in this B. When you have Don Goopy with you, it it does make the fight a lot easier. Like I remember, it was always harder as a kid, and that's probably because I would usually get Don Goofy trapped in the cages. So then <laughs> you have to spend the first chunk trying to free them. Yep, and. You don't have them to, you know, fend off the cards. But when you do have them, it's it's pretty easy. The cards, you can take them out pretty quickly, especially if you do have Blizzard. You can kind of, you know, crowd control, as you explained. Yeah. And I will mention, you do get AXP from the cards. You do not knock, you don't kill the cards, basically. Yeah. So just... no matter how many cards you kill, they will keep coming back. They're like, you know, they're stunned for... Yep, a certain amount of time. I couldn't tell you what exactly, but they're stunned for a while. So there is, there is like I am being sworn by cards. It doesn't hurt to actually take the cards out because then you get some breathing room. And then if you, ah, it's so satisfying. You can you can thwack the queen, mm-hmm. and you'll knock her over, and you can see her her, her bloom is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when you do that, then I think it's the red cards will yeah, start to the panic. Red, the red cards panic, <laughs> essentially stunning them for a little while. Yeah, I I did that. Like, as soon as the match started, um, we should, I guess we should also mention that, yeah, no matter what option you pick, the trial turns into trial by combat! <laughs> yeah. No matter what. Uh, but yeah, I forgot that she can swing back at you, because I, I jumped up on her, her judge's stand, whatever she's sitting in, I swung at her, and she must have, like, a period of in- invincibility when she doesn't attack, 
But she must, she yeah, must she's start, a little tricky to hit. Yeah, yeah. She's supposed to start her windup, and I was like, wait a minute, I hit you, right? And she's like, kid! And, like, smacked the crap out of me. And I was like, what? Lady, what are you doing? What is she saying during this fight? She, like, screams, yeah, yep, hey, yep, That's a pretty good interpretation. I couldn't, I'm trying to think. She's, I, oh, I, I, I feel like she's getting them. Oh, it's, okay. Hold on, I'm I'm Jimmy Neutron brain blasting. It's I think it's it's something along the lines of go get them fools. Go get them fools. Maybe I don't know. I'm gonna have to look into this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eventually you'll win. And then oh no, Alice is gone. Find her, you fools. Yes, it was totally not our fault. <laughs> so at this point, you're pretty much in the second half of the world, and some things change. So. You go back into the forest. Uh, it spits the rock out, so now you can get to the tea party garden. Yeah, the the the, the flower spitting out the rock is some type of imagery. I can I can say that much. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make me think of things. What are you talking about, internet? <laughs> and then it also gives you the option to then move the rock into the water, which will raise the lily pads. Mm-hmm. So hope you save one of those potions to grow big again. Yep. But um, we also get a few new heartless types. So we get a few new ones. We get, uh, yes, we get um, well, we get large body. Yes, uh, big boy who very much like uh, soldier is kind of like a staple of the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think if well, we get fat bands later. Yep, and yeah, uh, as soon as you said that, I'm th- I'm trying to think like, sh- I mean. If we're taking three five eight over two days into account, there are multiple variants of like every single heartless in that game. But yeah. thinking of more the tradition in the traditional sense, yeah, the uh, the sh- sh- shadows and soldiers, I guess, just get better. And the well, I mean, the large bodies also get better too. But the the f- large bodies also get a variant later later in the game too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, large bodies are I don't know I I don't think I, I'm negative or positive towards them. I feel like they're simple but not also also complex at the same time <laughs> i just like i like their their mood <laughs> like i like how they'll sometimes they'll start the bottom the battle asleep yes <laughs> and then i like their like little charging or i guess it's kind of like a victory animation where they're like throwing their arms <laughs> <laughs> and like the chains on their their wrists is really cool and their little their little bow on their their girdle, I guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> like, there are all sorts of, like, mm-hmm. just little cute touches, but, um, yeah. most importantly, they're fun to fight, so. Yeah, so, yeah, you can't hit them from the front, you gotta hit them in the back, or, if you're lazy like me, uh, magic, magic, magic. Magic, magic. Usually, usually, usually if they're far away and they go into their rage form, then I'll be like, alright, time to cast fire, uh-huh. like, maybe two times. Yep. Or you could use limits, but we'll sure. get to those later. Yeah. But, yeah, they're just fun to fight and, you know, wallop, because then they're, like, very chunky to hit. Like, when you land a finisher, it kind of, like, knocks them forward. And mm-hmm. It feels very satisfying, because they're a very large mass. Yeah. And they also, I think they, I forget, I think they start dropping large prizes, like large EMP balls and large HP balls. Yeah, which is great for, um, if you're casting, you know, Blizzard and Fire a lot, mm-hmm. then you can just kind of restock after you take out the, the big boy. But we get another Heartless, which is kind of an optional Heartless, because they only appear Oh, yes! Occasionally. I, I was thinking of this. I was thinking about this earlier. I was going to ask you this. There we go. Okay. 
There we go. Yeah, we get the white mushrooms. My boys, I I have a great affinity for the for the white mushrooms in one. Yeah, they're they're great. So they are a an amicable heartless. They do not mean any harm. They're just dainty little children who will give you things yeah, you when have, you play magical charades. Play charades with them. Oh, oh, <laughs> I love them. Yeah, they're cute. You can only use fire and magic, or fire and ice on them, obviously, at this point. Yeah, but, but they will ask for thunder. But at least the fire and ice gestures make sense. Mm-hmm. We can we can kind of go through the other gestures as we get the spells, but yeah, yeah, fire. It's 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 chilly, and they're like you know shivering, mm-hmm. and then blizzard. They're fanning, fanning themselves, themselves off. So, so that makes sense. Thunder, but, I guess, kind of. Du- I don't know. I feel like yeah. it. <laughs> It's thinking back. It's not the greatest. It's not the most obvious. Cast thunder on me. So for for the initiated, um, they like just droop their heads and like this, almost like red orange aura appears above their head. But, yeah, like a spotlight. Yeah, yeah. But to me, that always meant oh, they're asleep. I need to zap them. I don't feel like I ever. Uh-huh. I, I don't think I ever was like, what does that mean? Interesting. But it, okay. I, I think trying to think from from like a. Just like trying to think about it from every angle, it isn't the best example of "Hey, I'm sleeping, wake me up." So I will say, I will say for Wonderland, I did walk into the Lotus Forest and I was like, "Wait a minute, there's something I have to fight. Where is it?" And then I realized it was a yep. white mushroom. I'm like, "Oh, look at these boys! Oh crap, meta magic! Oh, I can't switch Ooh. my items because yeah, that requires that going stings. into the menu." And I was like, "No!" Uh, and I, I, I cried a single tear. They they do appear pretty frequently. It's not like you know a shiny Pokemon. Yeah, I did. Try- <laughs> I would say like one out of five, one out of six encounters, maybe. I did try to get to the reappear constantly, and it did. Not, it wasn't happening. I think there's an ex- an exploit you can use. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's only in certain worlds, but but yeah, you meet those friends, Good boys. and then you go on your way. You get to the the tea party. Where, again, it's just a little cute detail where you can interact with the environment by sitting at the table, and then you'll get little prizes. So there are, there's four or five that are rewards, and there's two that are heartless battles. I don't know how I remember. I kept sitting in the chairs like, this is the wrong chair, this is the wrong chair, this is the wrong chair. But I always picked, I picked like the the the, four, the three or four good chairs first, right off the bat. It shows you how many times I've, I've played Wonderland. What did your, what did your sacred strategy guide tell you as a child i i feel like i tried to uh, i don't know i think i just did it kind of naturally and like okay i think this is a, a heartless chair i'll do i'll have to fight after this oh i got a bunch of money okay this is the heartless chair no this is the one that gives me i <laughs> the only one i remember is definitely the heartless chair is the first one the one that's the head of the table because it's definitely it's a kind of a, it's kind of a big chair with like a with like a backrest to it and it's, it is definitely the most tempting chair. And it's like, ha, I thought you was getting food, psych! And that's, I feel like that's the one I will always remember. I, or, or I, I fell for the big everybody chair. Everybody should fall for the Everyone falls for the big chair once. Don't you? Don't you try to put it off. Everybody fall for the big chair. Well, I don't know. Is So are they set or is it random? They are set. They are set. Um, oh, wow. I always thought it was random. There is, I want to say, the big chair is one and one of the middle chairs, I believe, okay. is the other one. I will have to test this out. Yes, but every chair is a set scenario. I can, Got I can it. tell you that much. Yep. Yep. So you do a little tea party. Uh, one detail I really like is they have that little sign 
a very unmerry birthday. Yeah, which I still don't really understand what that means, but um, no, I like how the Mad Hatter and his little rabbit friend are technically, you know, represented in the world, even though it's just a sign. But it's just a QA to get more of the movie in there. I also like how the the sign you read it changes messages, but also the like actual display on the sign will change when you alternate between messages. Yes. So like the like visual change, which is like, oh, that's fun. How wonderful. Also, the March Hare is the. I was trying to think of the name. Um, the March Hare is the one. Uh, the, the, bra- the brown boy. The Mad Hatter's <laughs> rabbit friend. I was about to say it's the Wonderland rabbit. The white rabbit exists. Yes. Good call. Um, but yeah, you make your way back to the bizarre room. And then this entrance, even though it's theoretically the most sensible because it's the front door, this one leads you to the upside down room where you're walking on the roof, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. So, yeah, you're, the Cheshire Cat told you to basically turn the lights on in the room, which leads you to here where there are lanterns hanging on the roof. It just requires you to just touch it with your keyblade, I guess. Yep. And then... <laughs> For some reason, you like the first one, oh, and the next one so much every time. It's literally right in front of you, but then the Cheshire Cat feels the need to uh, show up and explain to you, like, oh, there's there's only one more, but where is yeah. it? You're like, bro, can you just let me do my thing? Like, I got it. It's right there! I have eyes! Yes. Oh, my goodness. But yes, the, it's right there. It, it, game design, folks. Game design. But yeah, you turn on the lights, and then you gotta go find... Heartless somewhere else in the room, which is just where you started when it's right side up. Exactly, yeah. So you go back, and then you... How do you activate the boss fight? You shrink, and then you talk to the cat. Yeah, yeah, you just... Uh, right. Yeah, you go into the bizarre room. And he, he like, warns yeah, you. Yeah, he's, uh, he's on the table, and he says, yeah. like, uh, you know, the shadows are about to come out. Are you sure you're ready? You have to be small. And... Yeah, it's, it's just... Uh, in the room, yeah. upright, on top of the table. You'll talk to him. If you say yes... Or I, I forget if it's even a choice. I think it is a choice. But a- anyway, when you, if you say yes, or once you do it, he'll disappear, and Trick Master will jump at you from the ceiling and fight you in your small form. Uh, because yes. he's, uh, he, he's a coward. <laughs> I was thinking about that during this fight. I'm like, if I was normal size, I could step on you! Why, I oughta... So yeah, enter Trickmaster, the the first, no, I was going to say the first non dark side Heartless fight, but we have Guard Armor, yeah. so that's not accurate. But uh, if, the first if, Disney boss. If, yeah, if, if you want to be real, because we were talking about this earlier, he is the only Wonderland-themed exactly. Heartless, technically. Yeah. So in terms of design, I actually, I do like Trickmaster a lot, because... Mm-hmm. It's very inspired and weird. Definitely. I don't really understand what it's supposed to be. He fits the aesthetic to a T. I feel like he's supposed to be... I mean, I will I will look up kind of what he's supposed to be based off of, but he always felt to me like a, almost like a, like a doll. Yeah, totally. Yeah, kind of like a puppet, sort of, maybe. I love the, like, you know, paper arms. That's really cool, which... I wonder if that's where Paper Mario Origami King got the idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he's a tricky boy. And, hmm, this fight's kind of contentious in terms of how annoying it is. Yeah. Like, on one hand, I appreciate it, but then when I'm actually fighting it, I'm like, okay, this is taking way too long. I had this, (laughs) I had the same thoughts during this, definitely. 
it's cool because it's another one of the fights where you got to really use the environment to your advantage. So mm -hmm. use the table to get a leg up because you can really only attack the trick master's head. And he's a tall man, so you gotta you gotta get some elevation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can you can jump up to the chair to get to the table. If you if you time your if you time your jump good enough, you can just latch onto the table and flip up. Yes, which is bing, very tricky. Bing bong bing bing bong bing. Yeah. You can really only get him in the head, mm -hmm. and he's a tall boy, so you gotta really get some elevation. And you could sometimes you can get him just by jumping from the floor if you time sometimes, your jump yeah. right. The last hit will hit him, but that's really difficult timing. But also, he clanks all the time, and it's really frustrating. Because he'll just clank, as in, like, if you hit him at a certain spot, it'll just deflect your keyblade. Yeah. And none of your hits count, which is annoying. So, like, I feel like it's a weird fight, because obviously you're supposed to use a table, but it doesn't really reward you for using the environment, because there's... So much other stuff that can happen where you won't get that hit. So whether it's you clanking or later when he sets his little pins on fire paddles, and then yeah. and then you'll get hit by those even if you jump at him. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like the balancing's a little off here. Mm. Like he's not quite an early game boss, but not quite a mid game boss. Like if they just tweaked like one or two things, it would have been a much more yeah. satisfying fight. I think it would make sense to have and maybe it's, I don't think it's his shoulders, but there's definitely, there's a clash point somewhere. Maybe if you hit like an arm or like part of a paddle, you might get deflected. I mm -hmm. think his feet deflect you maybe, but also. Yeah, like, definitely his little yeah. shin guards. Yeah. But those should, because it's now, that should give you the idea of, I cannot attack yeah, the man's feet. I gotta. I can't stub, I can't stub, I can't stub these toes. Yeah. You have to, you have to go <laughs> for the head. So, yeah. It's, it's a weird mix, but. What does he do? He, uh, sometimes the table will spin. Sometimes he takes away the table. Sometimes he takes away the chair. This table is mine now. You lose your table. Yeah. Privileges. Uh, he didn't do... He did the he did spinny table on me during my fight. But that was the, that was the only weird interaction I got. I didn't get, like, the chair or the table disappearing this time around. Oh, wow. That's, that's lucky. So I don't recall, because I don't even try it anymore, because it's too risky. But if you shoot fire at him, it'll Oh, I shot fire at him because I was like, because I was like, <laughs> screw it. I'm a bad boy! I'm a bad boy gaming! Uh, and yes, I totally lit a, a paddle on fire, and I was like, ah, I'm a fool! So, by that logic, you'd think that casting Blizzard would put out the paddle. I, but it doesn't. I so, so, here's the thing. It's supposed to actually put it out. I'm not sure if something changed. I'm going to blame the port or blame Final Mix. I don't actually know. But you could definitely put out his paddles before... And I cast Blizzard and watch it made contact like four times during yep. this fight, and it didn't happen. So I wonder if it if it hit part of the paddle, but not the fire. Even though I cast it point blank, I caused it. I cast it like mid range away from the paddle. I just <laughs> for some reason it was not going out. But usually, if you're a real gamer, you're not us. You should be able to put out his paddles, whether you light them on fire by accident or he goes over and lights them on the stove, whichever one happens. You should be able to put his paddles out with Blizzard. Um, I'm going to guess by your reaction, you also could not put out his paddles no. with Blizzard. And it's it's so annoying, because that was literally the reward you got right before fighting it's, him. Exactly. So, so it, does, it, does, it does... I feel like it is uh, either something that's just pretty tricky, or just a bug. Um, but 
Yes, his paddles on fire do not play around. No, they don't. And it's also annoying when he just goes into his fire loops, where yes. he's just nonstop shooting the fireballs. And then they go out, and you're like, okay, I have my opening. But then he immediately turns around, and it's like, mm, I'm going to go back over to the stove here. And exactly. And light up. Uh, get some more gas in the tank. Yeah, yeah. So I lit a, pad- lit a paddle on by accident. I guess what I would say towards the second half, definitely like after the first half of the game match, he's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go out with some fire. I lean right over. I was like, no! No, don't do that! I kind of bashed him. I distracted him like Stop twice. It. Like, yep. he walked, he got in front of the chimney, and then he was like, hold up. This, this, you know, this is trying to beat me up. So he focused on me for a little while. He started walking yep. back towards the stove, and I stunned him right in front of the stove. He tur- like he got up, he turned around, but then eventually he was like, okay, cool, kid. I'm going to light these on fire. And I'm like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's annoying because when he is lighting it, like you, you can't get to him. It's too far to jump from the table. Mm-hmm. You're just helpless. <laughs> My only thought is to cast magic to try and interrupt him, but yep, uh, we know how that goes. Exactly. Yeah. So at some point, you're gonna have to deal with Trickmaster on fire, which is the f- the the fire bullets aren't too bad when he cast. Well, I guess I should say his cast. Maybe those aren't too horrible. They just happen like the loop is like five plus casts long so it takes a little while well you can't cheese it by using the the chair or the table as um cover basically or you can deflect every single one of them oh my god that's i mean look, that? look welcome to get a march one i see a projectile i'm gonna hit it so yeah i i just i <laughs> i think my strategy became because he fires him pretty consistently would be to knock one back at him dodge the other one Knock one back and then rinse repeat. I gotta get those tech points. You can also um more towards the beginning of the fight, but um when you get over to like the little, I guess reading corner where that's that little kind of table with the books. Yeah, you can you can get at him from there by jumping up. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's again it's a really nice synergy between the the battle arena and the actual opponent. But like I said, it, just in general, the fight has a lot of sort of conflicting things going Definitely. on where you're like, oh, I feel like I'm doing the right thing, but, but I guess But I'm am I? Yeah. But eventually you will prevail and beat him. And then you get that really satisfying, like the giant heart comes out of him. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, pr- I'm pretty, well, I think guard armor does too, armor does, but maybe not. He does, he does it the same thing. Yep. Okay. And I, I always assumed that was like, because they're the big boys. Mm-hmm. I always, tied their hearts to like the princesses of heart as like this is what their hearts are now yeah. they became the like commanders but that doesn't make sense yeah princess of heart or pure light pure light that was my head cannon for a while I'm trying to think of all the bosses i think they're all emblem heartless so yeah they'll it'll make i mean mind you every heartless releases a heart but i don't know i'll just think of the nuances ignore me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you beat them and then you get the cutscene where which kind of cements this as the first world canonically. Because mm-hmm. Doorknob Yon's Keyblade has a reaction. <laughs> and it automatically locks the keyhole. I I also vividly remember this from watching trailers. I was like, it's the, it's the, th- it's the thing! Only because I just remember Sora's like little... When the Keyblade goes to lock the, the keyhole, he has like a little... I mean, like, it pulls him. I guess, like, yeah. a little stumble is the best way I can describe it. But he's like, whoa, boy. I remember saying that a lot. 
I just like that cute little detail of like obviously he doesn't know what a keyhole is or that the keyblade can do this, so like he's still trying to figure out this whole keyblade thing. So hey, in the, in the like last world touch. we figure out we can unlock things with this <laughs> giant key sword. So yeah, it may uh, uh baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, it stands to reason you can also lock things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much game. You get a little. You get a little gummy piece that poops out of the doorknob for some reason, um, which I always, I always thought it looked like some sort of like weird like Dutch shoe or something, <laughs> like a claw, like, like a very Wonderland esque item. Yeah, but uh, then the Cheshire Cat shows up and tells you Alice has been whisked away, and I always thought there was something up with the Cheshire Cat. Yeah. I, he, I mean, like some worlds have characters like this where they know more than they're letting on. Definitely. So like the cat definitely knows kind of what's going on with the heartless and the keyholes and stuff. And you know, we'll find out in later worlds some people do know about the keyblade already. So I, I like these little kind of bits of like, you know, the world building and more of the Disney characters actually being cognizant of yeah the plot at large. I feel like this is definitely. More of Cheshire Cat being Cheshire Cat. Yeah, it's it's a thin line for sure. But um, yeah, he tells you Alice is gone, and yeah, she gone. So I like I like how you know this first world ends with a pretty you know drastic plot development where one of the characters just goes missing. Um, so it's a nice motivation. Like okay, well now we have to find Alice. Yeah, because uh, I mean, if it wasn't obvious. Uh, not every world is going to have this uh, princess of heart motif plot points yep. to it. So it is. Yes. It, it, this is definitely canonically the first world you should go to. It does. After you leave Traverse Town, I mean, we get the we get our cutscene with the League of Villains at the end of Traverse Town, but now we get <laughs> even more. Like here's your like here are your breadcrumbs. Uh, you know the journey mm-hmm. is started. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah, that's. That's pretty much world. So overall, the story, yeah, I appreciate how it's not just the original movie's plot, and that kind of goes for every Kingdom Hearts One world. But like, this is more like a little vignette from Wonderland, where yeah. like you could see a story like this happening. Where I mean, it does happen in the movie where Alice gets put on trial. But, yes, but you know, there's a little spin. To we it. don't fall down the rabbit hole with her and go through X, Y, Z, A, B, C. Exactly. D, e, like you kind of meet them while they already have their own thing going on, instead of like the whole world waiting for Sora to magically show up. Exactly. And then like everything's in stasis, okay. and then Sora shows up at the right time. Exactly. Yep. As first world, not bad. But yeah, like I said, most of it comes in exploring later. So definitely, I didn't really do much in this world. Just go around. And whereas I did, I think most of the stuff you can do without revisiting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to get a good feel for. It. I think Wonderland. It's definitely one of the more. I think it's a, it's to me it's just a huge sandbox. There is so many. There are so many different ways to interact oh, yeah. with so many different things. So I feel like it. It's definitely one of the more puzzle intense puzzle heavy levels right off the bat but i think there's a there i I think there's a beauty there's a beauty in its simplicity and its complexity yeah like once you do get all of the exploration unlocked like i I think it's fun to you know go around and find all the nooks and crannies Mm -hmm. one thing one thing that's very weird about this world is why is it all boxes 
Like, why is there a literal skybox? Yes. In both the one, the, uh, well, I think in every room. Yeah. Yeah. When you jump on the shrubbery in the queen's courtyard, when you jump. There's, there's a ceiling. There's a ceiling and there's literally, there's literally sides. When you get into the Lotus Forest, there are literally sides and a yeah, ceiling. Very strange. I wanna, like, I don't know. I definitely want to equate that to Wonderland being Wonderland and less of lazy developers or whatever you whatever avenue you prefer to call or i think well i think it was like a happy accident right because they were like well i mean yeah we can just say it's a wonderland thing i don't know <laughs> uh I can, yeah, I can see that yeah i'm trying to think of other worlds that have that instance i can't think of any of like the oh yeah no it's just wonderland yeah, yeah yeah it's very strange almost like you're literally in a toy box Mm-hmm. so yeah that's um pretty much wonderland we will we will be revisiting later at some point because there is one pretty substantial git. Oh, thanks for stopping for tea. <laughs> I don't know, Wonderland things. Uh, insert uh, joke here. <laughs> now, now here, here is my uh, as we as we sign off and talk about what we're gonna go to next week because I think this. I mean, it is what it is. But next week we're gonna talk about deep jungle. Jungle boogie. Jungle Boogie. I, uh, let me just, no, and this is, but this is Kevin being like, oh, we're going to go to Deep Jungle next. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying for anybody, for anybody else out there who listening, uh, Olympus Coliseum technically has battle level two. I'm just saying, I think you should go to Olympus Coliseum first, but, um. Well, you can do whatever that's, that's you my, want. I, but... fair, I, did, I, I did. I was like, I got to pull double time because I'm definitely going to Olympus before I go to Deep Jungle. So. Well, we will we will be at a different level in retrospective to our playthroughs, but I yeah. will I will say that I think going back to Olympus is the right way, and I think that's what I did during this playthrough. Well, we're we're gonna round the turn in the world map. <laughs> we're not gonna do all this crisscross. We're gonna minimize gummy shit, <sighs> and yeah, we're gonna do each world in one go because we're recording a podcast. <laughs> okay, so deal with it. Although. Yes, in the past, I have done the same, where I'll split it up between Olympus Coliseum, then Deep Jungle, then Olympus Coliseum. Okay, so. For all those who are playing along with us, <laughs> just just make sure make sure you go to Olympus Coliseum first, I'm just saying. But, in reality, just make sure you play Deep Jungle by the time you listen to next episode. Yeah. Alright, so that's, that's episode four, Dan. We've been at this for a month. Crazy. Mm. The times, they do be changing. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. This has been Kingdom Hearts by Heart. I'm Kevin. Did we even introduce ourselves at the start? Not at all. We said Kevin and Marshall's Game Corner, so we we applied it. Game Corner! Don't put your hands in the water! (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to ask what that means. (laughs) Neither do I, so don't. All right. Yeah, thanks for listening, and... I'll, I'll let you give the little sign-off line, because you're the one who came up with it. Um, oh, God, that, that requires remembering what it was. Um, uh, don't g- even. No. Don't, what would you, me? Responsible? Reliable? How dare you? To the gummy ship to, and away. And to, okay. To the gummy ship and go beyond. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.